0: Hello, Breakthrough. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Breakthrough Academy. Jay, if you sift over, they can see the word Breakthrough Academy. There you go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Welcome to Breakthrough Academy. And um, we're so pleased that you can join us for another Mm. session where we dive deep into the Word of God, Mm. but not in a way that just fills us with intellectual um, strength, makes our brains get big, but where our spirit grows and we get big in faith. In fact... Um, Absolutely. Saw my, saw my nice hand-drawn logo there, um, mm. Jay, we, uh, uh, do you know what the logo stands for? I don't know what the logo stands for. Alright, I, I tested Josh and Nadir last week, so now your, your turn. Yeah. What, what, what can you see in that logo? A Bible? A Bible, exactly. The Breakthrough Academy, we dive into the Word of God because it's the Word of God that feeds us, it's the Word of God that nourishes mm. us. In 2 Timothy it says, um, the man of God is fully equipped mm. through the Word of God, so that's why we go there. Mm. But what's the other part? A mountain. A mountain. That's good. Nadir thought, is that a crown? Yeah. No, the, the snow on top gives it away. That's a mountain because great faith moves mountains. Awesome. Jesus said, he, he said, if you speak to this mountain, it will move. And the whole idea is, we dive deep, so our faith is big. Awesome. So we have, um, so strong faith. So I'm not doing this as an academic exercise. Even though I loved um, to study, and I was looking at all my notes I've done for mm. my own Bible. Um, Courses through the years when I, I studied at Richmond and mm. other places where I was able to, you know, write all these notes. I thought, well, I'll just do the same, and I just really felt a check. Don't do that. Bring what you have, which is an anointing to teach, but also a hunger to move and flow in the things of the Spirit and to mm. grow your faith. Awesome. So I am mixing those two together, awesome. and we are not just studying in, in the say so you can tick a box and say I've done this study. Awesome. No, my awesome. aim is whenever we dive deep we come out with our faith and our spirit big. Awesome, that's so, awesome. So that's what that. Breakthroughs Academy is about, diving deep so that our faith grows and our and our hunger and our love for God mm-hmm. grows. And our outworking of that is we move in the spirit and flow in the things of the spirit. Awesome. But Breakthrough Academy is not just preaching and inspiring and encouraging you, it's taking the time to go into the word deep. And when I say deep, we're not looking, no, we're looking for deep truths that no one yes. ever has found before. No, what we're looking for is to go into it And get a good solid foundation of what the Bible is and how it works so then we can come out of that and live. So Jay, um, you're one of the reasons why I'm doing Breakthrough Academy. Mm. I've shared this before and and others but um, Mm. God really, you know, God impressed on me. Jay's got a great ministry calling upon his life. Um, It's evident anyone who knows him sees that. Mm. Anyone heard him preach, you go onto our um, YouTube or uh, um, channel or go on to our website breakthrough.org.au au, awesome. and you can look up a message by Jordan or Jay Lewis. Yeah, I, we called him Jordan when he was born, but everyone started calling him Jay so we sort of got on the, we got on the bandwagon too. <laughs> so look for Jay mm. and um, you'll see that he's got a great ministry. He's he's already able to preach and share his heart and share the mm. word of God. He's got a ministry, awesome. but. God put on my heart in order for his ministry to go to a higher level. He needs the strong foundation of the Word of God mm. so he can build and push on that higher into his prophetic awesome. giftings and callings as are on his life. His heart love for the, evangelism.
1: I love with Dad because like, he started doing bits of this when I was getting ready to preach. He would do tiny, like, little, gave me little snippets of what Breakthrough Academy was going to be. Yeah. And the thing that I'd, I'd encourage you to be excited for is it's not just going to be a found, like a... Telling you what everything is It's the foundations of the background Of what's happening How to understand What what is where Those things that can then Give you greater insight Greater When you understand Like Okay I love basketball Okay anyone who knows me I'm I'm literally wearing A Michael Jordan t-shirt right now Some people can watch A basketball game And say oh That was a good game But I can watch a game And I can see it Through the background Of oh that player Actually used to play With that player So when he took that shot That was because of this And that actually Is the same play They run here and stuff and I can get a deeper under I have a deeper understanding and deeper love for it. And I can get it like it means more to me. Yeah. That's sort of what I see Breakthrough Academy as is teaching us how to make the Bible mean more than just
0: a book book of words. Because ultimately, if you look at that from the basketball mm. perspective, mm. if you are actually a player as opposed to a spectator, mm. spectators can just enjoy the, mm. the extravaganza of the game. Oh, it's exactly. amazing. It was a close finish. Mm. He hit the amazing three-point. But if you're a player. You've actually got to, if you want to do well and actually mm. win in the game, you've got to understand the strategies. You've got to understand your role. You've got to understand what the coach is wanting to do at that time. And um, we've seen, you know, like, there's one player, um, mm. that I won't name him okay. because he probably, I don't know whether he would ever watched this. But, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, there's a thing called, uh, there's a time and you've got 24 seconds. Mm. And one of the things is it's near the end of the game. It's really important. Use up all that time. Don't just get have a shot, but use your time mm. because that time is as important as the um, as the shot. Totally. By that
1: and, point, because because you can't be. Yeah. they can't like they can't just tackle you like an AFL so you yeah. just want to take as much time off the clock as possible yeah
0: cuz you, you you know if we give that if we if we shoot early the other team will get a chance to win the game but if we hold the ball and only shoot right at the end mm. we we take away their chance so this guy comes down and halfway through the time he just takes a shot mm. and it's like he is clueless as to the bigger picture, because he says, oh, I can hit this. Yeah. And then, you know, if he misses it, you know, he missed it and te- then we lost the game. And the, and the team, team loses the game. Mm. He didn't understand what the coach was wanting overall and what the game and the team's plans were. Mm. He could just see his little part. And when we share this, this this Breakthrough Academy is to give you the bigger picture of what the word's all about. Awesome. So when you play your role and when you're trying to understand what God's saying to you in this passage, it's in the context of everything. And it makes so much more Sense and you get it right, and you don't you don't have the chance. You got, you, you got two things. You could either get it wrong and um, miss something of God, but more than that, people often don't get the depth of what God's saying. Mm. They just get a surface level, and so they live with surface level understanding what God's wanting. Awesome, that's so cool. So we've got Judith has joined I, us. Good I, morning, Judith. Good morning, Judith. I loved like like a great example of that was
1: um like we were talking at a like we had life. Our life groups. Life groups started on Wednesday night. Who enjoyed having yeah. life groups back? That was so cool. And Pastor Peter, he's leading the life group that I'm in, the Freedom Life Group. And we were, he was just doing a bit of a, like, not nothing, this, just a small little Bible study at the start to begin. And it was amazing where he would like, he would tell like stories of, like, he'd say like, oh, when Jesus said this, this is actually relating back to something that was like prophesied earlier in the Old Testament. So when Jesus was called the Lamb of God, that actually was referring to how Moses set up the system that a lamb has to be sacrificed. So God was. So suddenly yeah. it goes and just Jesus says something cool to something. Oh,
0: that means this and this and this. That's what you get excited yeah.
1: about for Breakthrough Academy.
0: Yeah, it gives you an understanding of where it came from, exactly. why things, certain things were said, and how we approach it. So that's great. So Jay, you jump in. Out, you jump out of the driver's seat. Yeah. And um, and um, we'll get underway. Last week we we talked about the the concept of bridges. I got this. Um, we, we, we talked about the fact that we're going to learn two things. The Bible is a book, and it's God-breathed. And in order to really lay hold of what the Bible says, um, in fact, there's a passage where um, Jesus was challenged about a, a scripture. And um, they said, "Oh, uh, and it, they came to him, they were trying to trick him. And he said, you need, "Neither do you know the reason why you don't understand this. Is you you don't know the you neither know the word of God. You neither know mm. the scriptures nor the power of God. You neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. Um, that's an interesting thing. I, I see that as a relationship right now between those two things. Scriptures is you just you don't actually understand what God said, the actual writings, and mm. you don't understand the power of God, which means that you haven't experienced God." and got his life to give you understanding into this situation. You need both, understand the scriptures and the power of God, the life of God. So we are looking at the word of God, because we understand it. it's a book, and it's God-breathed. I think one of the, people make a mistake. They don't treat it um, properly in either way or they lean to one and not the other. They treat it as just something you can study and intellectually get to know. Mm. Some people think if I study the Bible hard enough, I will be able to fully live it out and and obey God. Mm. Without understanding, without a relationship with God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, this is a God-breathed book. We've got to be able to work in... in um, mm. Uh, cooperation with Him. We've got, you know, it's not an equal cooperation with Him guiding and leading us and opening our eyes, and that requires a hungry heart. And we shared that last week, some of the things that are required. So, when we look at the Bible, we use this amazing diagram, which is um, a bit hard to read now. Wow. But, yeah. So, here on one side, you've got the Bible, and on here, you've got um, you reading it and understanding it and being able to live it out. And there's there's bridges from both sides got to be able to reach over and bring this on this side. You've got these bridges of the cultural, the times, the geography, the relationships, um, just the language itself, um, all sorts of things about the Bible, which. In its cultural time, it's got, you've got to be able to bring it over. And on this side, you've actually got to build bridges this way as well. Bridges of an open heart, a meek attitude, bridges of a willingness to obey. Because without those, God won't meet you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can read it and it just will not make sense to you. In fact, Jesus said He shared parables. And people say, oh, God shared parables in order, to make it clearer and make it easy to understand. Who can't understand a good story? But Jesus actually said, you know what? Parables had a, an, another effect. He says it hid the truth from some people because mm. unless you know, sometimes I can share a parable. Unless the Holy Spirit gives you the insight, people were blind. They just didn't. They just sort of is telling stories, mm. but they weren't getting the truth of it. So sometimes the Word of God, if unless you're hungry and, and yearning for it, it'll just it'll stay out of your your grasp and. Um, that, that's, that's, that's the nature of the Word of God. It's mm. a spiritual book. But neither can you just say, well, if I get so spiritual, I will understand the Bible. If I just get so spiritual, I can overcome all those um, uh, restrictions. No, we must treat it like a book. There, there is an issue um, that it's, um, so we, we're talking about these bridges coming over. Um, it's something I believe and I'm sure you believe too but you probably never knew that there was a name for it um, let me just write a word here uh, Jake can you oh, I'm gonna try this again <laughs> P-E-R-S P-I-C-U-I-T-Y. Perpiscuity. Um, That is English. It's not Greek. Um, Did you know you believe in perspicuity?
1: I did not realise.
0: It's called the doctrine of perspicuity. Um, I'm sure, without realising it, most pretty much everybody who'd be watching this, um, and even Jay, even though you've never studied, mm. you will believe in the doctrine of perspicuity. Mm. What is that you say? Because you don't even know what perspicuity is. Um, perspicuity, and not that I had to do this, but I actually just you know got the dictionary definition for my own to teach it. Um, because actually, I didn't know what perspicuity meant either. It says to be clearly expressed and easily understood. Mm. The, the doctrine of the perspicuity of scripture. Okay, what that means is, I believe that the God has revealed Himself through the Word of God, through the Scriptures, which is what mm. He's done, but in a way that if I'm hungry and open to the mm. Spirit, I will be able from the Scriptures to understand. Mm. The Scriptures will give me what I need to know and they will be clear enough for me to understand. So they're not a hidden book. They're not a book that is, um, if, I'm, if I'm hungry for God... God won't be behind a veil. He will open that to me and show me, and I will be able to understand, even though I might not be able to understand everything in it, but he calls me to search and to to study and to understand. There is enough in the Bible to make itself clear. Mm. Even, if you haven't, even if you don't study all the bridges and all the rest, there is enough in the Bible. So I'm not saying that unless you do these Bible studies, unless you, you know, d- dive deep into mm. understanding how a book works and things like that, you will never understand the Bible. Mm. I'm not saying that. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Bible itself which makes itself plain to those who hunger and desire for mm. its truth. What I'm saying is, we understand that God gave us the Bible as a Bible, do you remember what a Bible means? It's it's that that really um, tricky word, Biblos. Mm. It's you know in uh, Matthew one one, the Biblos. It's a book. The word Biblos just means um, book in Greek. And so when we say it's a Bible, we are saying it's a book. In fact, we are saying it's a book filled with books. It's one book, but it has sixty six smaller books in it. Mm. Matthew, Genesis is a book. Revelation is a book. Each of the letters of Paul's a book. 66 different books inside a book, and we use that phrase book, 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 Mm. and um, and it's because God designed us to get His revelation through a book. But if we try to ignore the fact that it's a book, and we just think that this is some sort of spiritual um, New Age thing that we plug into us, and uh, you know, um, Mm. you know, it's like um, you know, I remember an old Charlie Brown comic. Um, Give me a shout out if you remember Charlie Brown. Um, Absolutely, the best. <laughs> Charlie Brown. And Linus is one, always one of my favourites. Young Linus, always very innocent, very mm. sweet. Anyway, um, his sister comes to him and says, you're not studying. He goes, She goes, and he goes, no. And he's playing a game. Yes. And it um, wouldn't be a computer game. It was just playing some other game. Yeah. And um, she goes, but you've got a test tomorrow. He goes, no, it's all right. I've worked out how this works. So she goes, you've got a history test tomorrow. He goes, no, I'm going to sleep with the history book under my pillow and when i sleep the the the, the knowledge will come up through the, the through the from the book into my head and i'll be able to do mm. the test and um and she sort of gave him the good luck with that sort of look yeah <laughs> uh, you know he had a theory that um, if i just put this here it would just come into me do mm. you know what i mean it would some 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 sort of spiritual force would bring that to me and some people sort of sort of almost feel that with the bible that I'd, if i just just read it without having to dig into it it'll just feed me because of the spiritual nature of it and um oh so graham and and Judith and also we've got chris and liz um with us um chris uh this is chris from who's in columbia with liz i believe it's your birthday today happy birthday Chris! happy birthday chris um so i don't know if you want to share with the world how old you are today but i'm guessing about 25 24 you know just being nice 18. Uh, Yeah, 18. 21 again. Um, But happy birthday, Chris. You don't have to share with us how old you are. Um, But um, I trust you have a really good day today. It's probably the night of your birthday there. I'm guessing it's about 7 o'clock at night there. Um, So enjoy. um, I hope you've enjoyed your day. So the Bible is um, not something we can just sort of treat like some spiritual... uh, Thing that's just going to just flow into us. No, you've got to treat it like a book. You've got to go hungry. You've got to mm. dig in. And as what we've said with the book is, you've got these things to cross over. Mm. All right. Now, what I'm going to do is help you understand how those people that have done translations of the Bible, they've had to look at these bridges. What they can't do is do the bridges from the other side, necessarily. Mm. But, um, what they can do, um, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How important is it that the people that are translating the Bible are born again? There's a question. If someone was doing a translation of the Bible, is it important that they're born again?
1: Hmm. I actually, don't know.
0: Yeah, so there's a, there's a question for you. Would, would it make any difference? Um, I can think of some, you know. okay, let, let's, let's say, how important is it that your mechanic is born again? Would you prefer a mechanic that was really good at fixing cars and an atheist, or someone who didn't know two bits about cars, but was born again? Which one would you take your car to? First. Okay, I go to the guy who's got the expertise. You know, I appreciate, you know, the the skill of a a mechanic is all about being able to understand Mm. cars and fix them. Do you know what I mean? Being born again is a bit of a bonus, but it's really, um, unless unless my problem needs someone to lay hands on it and get the wisdom of God, which I, you know, I I, I appreciate for a spirit filled mechanic Mm. who can use that sort of Mm. gifting. That'd be great. But you know what? In terms of just fixing a car, you're looking for the expertise. You know, when you get on a plane, would you prefer a pilot with a thousand hours experience or a Christian who's who's this is his first flight? Mm. Um, you say, well, I really appreciate that he's a Christian, but you know, the thousand hours of experience because this is not a spiritual exercise. This is a natural exercise that mm. they're doing. But I'd also appreciate that the the guy who's um, leading it, you know, mm. born again. So it's not bad, but. Hey, what about Bible translation? Is it best to get the, the person who's the best in languages? Um, do they need to be born again? Um, if you remind me later, I'll answer that question after we've done a little bit more talking about how translation works, and you can maybe come to your own conclusion whether that, you know, is really necessary mm. or important. Okay, so it's, it's a mm. it's a thing to understand. Thankfully, everybody I know that um, every Bible I read. Um, all the translators were Christians. Mm. They, were, they were motivated. They're not just experts in their field, but they were also motivated by their love for God, love for His Word. And I will probably explain why that is important. All right, Why that is important. Um, you can also get a bit of an understanding. Remember, that the aim is to bring it from here over to here. And the Bible has the second side where you need to be bringing your attitude, your hunger for God, your desire to be led by God, your willingness to be to for your, your passion for truth for Jesus to reveal that to you. So hey if you if you've got, if you're gonna get a Bible translated, is it good enough just to bring it halfway or do you need someone who's hungry to understand what that truth is? Mm-hmm. Will they be able to put it in English better because they understand the heart of what's being shared, not just the the, the rigid words. So that's one of the, the keys. It's it's the Bible's a spiritual thing. It's not just a natural book. But let's look at the process of uh, of doing a translation. The reason I share this with you is because this will help you when you're going to the Word of God, understanding what has happened to bring it to you. We read the Bible. We don't have to go through a lot of the process. You don't have to think about a lot of these bridges. Someone has done the bridges for you. Someone has built them for mm-hmm. you. And like I shared last week, um, actually where it all starts is back here somewhere you have um, you have... Oh, sorry. you have Paul, I'm putting him in a desk. I don't know whether he, I don't know whether he sat at a desk. And he's writing that he's doing a scroll and he's writing. So we, we know it's a scroll. And he's riding away, and that gets sent to a church, group of people in a church um, that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been a house. That would have been a house church somewhere in you know, in Ephesus, and um, they all read it, and then they they, they copy it. Mm. They, they encourage others to read it. They encourage others to to take that with them um, wherever they're going. Um, I'm just going to read First Thessalonians 5:27. Uh, Paul says, "I adjure you by the Lord, have this letter read to all the brethren." Mm. He says, Paul says, like, "Read this to all the believers." Mm. All right, well, read it, read it. So they read it, um, and then they, if they wanted to to give it to others, or people wanted, you know, more than one person wanted to read it, or more, more than one group wanted to read it, what do they have they do? They have to make a copy of that scroll. Mm and so they each can have a copy. Mm. And then as time goes by, those, those scrolls would get worn and, and torn and, you know, or maybe even divided up, you know, I don't know. Okay, there's a group of us, we're all going our own way. Can we all have one page, one part, portion of the scroll? Mm. So at least we've got something to take with us. You know, I heard of, I heard of um, Chinese Christians many years ago who didn't have the Bible. When, when bi- one Bible would come in, they'd each get a page you know what I mean? They're so hungry for the word, but they'd get a page of the Bible. You know, you just pray that you're not getting Leviticus, you know, 24 or something like yeah. that. That's my understanding of the Bible. You know, I'm trusting I'm getting John 3 or something where I, you know, a bit, mm-hmm. you know, a bit more relevant. But um, so they would, they would take. You know, the, the Bible would get torn, mm-hmm. and then copies would be made, and then new copies would be made, and new copies would be made, and new copies would be made, and then eventually um, we we're, we're here, two thousand years later. And this has gone through a long path of copies and copies and copies and copies and copies. And there's only bits and pieces of, of, of um, the Bible has survived. None of the original. Can I just say? No one anywhere, no museum anywhere has a copy of the original scrolls. There's the, the earliest we've got is one that was copied, you know, you know, 40, 50 years later, maybe a, a, a tiny little fragment of a book of a letter of John. Of John's, not letter, sorry, one of the Gospel of John just a tiny little bit of a fragment um, that we have, which is the oldest manuscript, but it doesn't give us very much, but at least gives us something. And you know amazingly it shows how well mm. things have held together, yeah even you know just as a sample. But over the years, copies and copies, but then somebody's job, somebody sat down and said, let's get all these manuscripts. Let's get the one from over here, get the one from here, the one that's almost complete from the year 400, the one that's you know over here, mm. put all these manuscripts together and then let's work out. What is the best copy of that translation for me? So you end up with, from Paul's writing, a Greek copy, which I say that is as best we understand it, what Paul would have written. Mm. And then over the years, now with computers, computers have just added to this hugely that um, you can, you know, cross-reference, you know, do you know, do um, all sorts of um, um, algorithms that allow you to to pick all the different manuscripts. You can keep records of thousands and thousands of thousands of manuscripts and work and collate them together. And they have been able to put together um, a really good working Greek New Testament and a working Hebrew um, Old Testament for us. So we have a Greek and an Old Testament uh, translation. I'm not going to go into the, the huge amount of work and some of the decisions you have to make. That's maybe something we can talk another time. Every now and again, they have to make decisions regarding um, how, um, you know, I've got two manuscripts, how do I make them match? I can just say this with confidence um, that the work they've done and the sheer number of manuscripts from a wide variety of sources in terms of the ones that have come through Greece, uh, so ones ones that will come through, sorry, um, Egypt, you know, Egypt was was a great um, study place of the New, you know, birthplace of a lot of the the ministries of the New Testament were, came from out of um, northern Egypt, and so there's a lot of manuscripts in there. There's manuscripts that went um, into other parts of Asia and, and places like that, and they've put them all together, obviously from Jerusalem, and they've put all these manuscripts together. They've collated them. What they've done is they've done a really good job, and. The text of the New Testament and the text of the Old Testament is way more accurate than Shakespeare's plays. Do you know what I mean? You know, Shakespeare that was only hundreds of years ago, only a few of the original copies have survived, and, and they still have difficulties there. You know, you think, oh, we know what Shakespeare said. I'd just go down to the bookstore and i come up. No, what you've got is a modern... Um, translation, but they've also had to work from, from original copies. No one's got his original handwritten plays or anything like that. We've got copies of copies, and what we've got in the New Testament is way more, way, way, way thousands more, more manuscripts that we've worked with. So even though it's a lot older, um, there's a good deal of certainty about um, the passage. Where there is certain uncertainty, where there's you know uncertainty, where there's... It, it's it's not... Of anything of significance. It's nothing that would change any doctrine. It's nothing that says Jesus is God or Jesus isn't God. You know, it's not nothing, you know, Jesus didn't rise in the dead, Jesus did rise in the dead. Nothing like that. All those are, are well established and they're just minor understandings of how that text is in that place, but it doesn't change any, any key doctrines or, or thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work from the fact that um, we're going to start from this point here and say that we have been given a Greek text to work from, mm-hmm. all right. And um, so, but having that in the original language still doesn't help us. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of work, and you say, "Thank God that I haven't don't have to do that." But now they must move that into where we are, and they must put it in into English. So unless it comes into English, mm. we can't do it. And you say, "Well, thank God they have done that." You've probably got a Bible, and now if you've got a phone, you've got access. you discover they've not done it once or twice or even a dozen times. They've done it hundreds of times. There's, there's, there's so many translations out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of key ones. You know, you probably know the big ones. You know, maybe like the King James Virgin, Version. <laughs> as or well, King James Version, as one one person put it to me, uh, no King James Version. Um, the, you know. I don't know what tra- maybe you can tell me what translation, Jay. What translation do you commonly use? Uh,
1: most commonly use. Yeah. that's uh, this.
0: <laughs> so here we go. Jay's modern, you know, living yep. person. He's um, he uses his phone. Yep. All right. He doesn't, you know, necessarily carry around a, a hard copy Bible. No. He's, but therefore, he doesn't have a translation, he just sort of, said, you know, he has well, uses would, multiple. Which one do you use probably most frequently? When I'm
1: just reading the Bible, I'd go NLT.
0: So reading.
1: I'd go New Living.
0: New Living Translation.
1: And then often if I'm actually looking into...
0: So maybe doing study. A study,
1: I would do uh, New American or New English, would be my go-to.
0: So, so New English Translation, the NET. New, net. NET or, or, or the NESB. New, new American Standard Bible. Not All right. Um, so those um that that's where um, Jay says, okay, that's the Bible I use. You say, well what Bible do you use, Pastor? Well, I used the Bible that was really good and recommended to me when I was a teenager um, and my Bible is the new American standard Bible, the nineteen seventy seven version. <laughs> I got the twenty. Yeah, you got, 20. You, you got the twenty twenty one, and and they've done updates and things like that. And the American the New American Standard Bible actually came from the American Standard version, and um, so it was a revision of that. And then that, there was a, a new revision, you know, yeah, you know, and there's a new revision again, I believe. Um, awesome. So what? What was it? Thank God. First of all, let's say thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, that people have put effort into doing these translations mm. so I'm not having to learn the original languages to be able to, un- to appreciate the Bible I don't have to learn Hebrew I don't have to learn Greek I can just read it in English and I believe that's a God thing. some people might say oh you know hey God gave it us in Greek why are we trying it because God wanted the word to get out God wanted the word to to be mm. widely used all right and so then what you've got is the Bible coming across, into English. That's where all these bridges are. Okay, so what we're looking at now is those bridges that these people... And you if, you don't have to understand those bridges to read the Bible. But if you want to go deep in the Word of God and use it as a solid foundation, it's best to understand what those bridges are because then you can understand when, what, how they've used those bridges and sometimes how those bridges don't help and sometimes they can... Um, I, you know, To be a translator, what a job, trying to make choices about certain things. Um, and so I want you to understand those bridges so that you can have a real appreciation what is happening and and go to those scriptures. And I'm going to answer the question that I said last week, um, what is the best translation? Mm. What is the best translation of the Bible? I'll answer that this week. I promised that I would, I would answer that. And... Um, you know, you might not like my answer. You might say I don't agree with your answer. Who knows? You know, my, you, know if, you know. Some people say the King James because that was the original and the best. Um, it's sort of funny, you know, when people, people say the King James, the original. Well, you know, which which original King James you're talking about? It had a few. It had some. Um, it had some edits over time. There was revisions of the King James. People were like. I didn't know that. And also, King James was not the original. There was other translations that the King James um, took heavily from. And um, and so that it borrowed heavily from other translations that were already around. So it, it was already adapting other translations, but it just became very well known. So um, let's say, okay, what approach could I have when I'm going from one language to another? Um, what... Can you think about it? What do you want when someone is taking something from one language to another language? You want it to be accurate, is that right? How many would say, one of the key things I want is I want that translation to be accurate? Mm. What does it mean for it to be accurate? Jay, you want a translation to be accurate? How many here would say, I put up my hand? Definitely, I want an accurate translation. What in the world does that mean?
1: That could mean a lot of things. I'm not texting, I'm writing my notes. that could be accurate in terms of word right, for come, word. Come, come on, come okay. will we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll I'll ch- bring my chair around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that could be accurate in terms of like uh, word for word. Yeah, the actual. So I want. I want to know the the words. In so let's just use Greek for the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, the words. Okay, so we, 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 we're looking at um we're looking at greek here this is the new testament it applies all these things apply for the and old hebrew testament. is old testament yeah, hebrew it? is the old testament yep. yeah um old testament so words. you want the words in in the to come and have equivalent words in in english yeah all right so so that, the greek to english All right, we're going to go from Greek to English, so I want the Greek words to have the equivalent words in English. How hard can translation be? Mm. Just find what the word says in Greek, then put it in English. Mm. Problem solved. How many know that, that this is a, that's all translation is? Um, it's just finding the words that are Greek mm. and words that are in English. How many know the difficulties you have in trying to find the equivalent words in two different languages? Mm, definitely. Um, you know, because words change in context. They change um, in, in what I'm meaning. You say, well, how can a word change in context? Um, all right, let, let's, let's, think, think, let's just use um, an English phrase. Okay. Right away, just I'm covering the. Yeah. Other. Home, sweet, home. All right. Anyone ever seen a poster without "home, sweet home"? All right. Now let's say that you you try and translating that into another language, and you um, you don't have the word. You know, and 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 you're, and you translate it in. You know, you're going to. Um, you know, so an African nation that doesn't have the Bible, and so you're going to try and put in their language, and you say, um, and they they, they say, what is a home? Okay, well, the home is where you live, and so they give you a word, which pretty much in their translation is house. You know what I mean? Mm. Because a home is a house. Is a home a house? Yeah. Okay, but um, home, sweet, home, is that the same as house, sweet, house?
1: Kind of, but not really.
0: Not really. Why, why is it not really? Because home
1: is more about, like, not just the building, but yeah,
0: it's well, yours. So, That's not nice. building. No. It, and, and it's once it, 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 it has, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's got a picture of a house often when it says that. You know what I mean? Often, you know, if you see a little crocheted thing, it'll have a little beautiful house and a chimney, you know, and a garden. little crochet. It'll say... Home, home, sweet home. And it shows a picture of a house. But it doesn't mean a house. Mm. What it means is the atmosphere. Mm. The, 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 the the loving environment. Yeah. If it was an empty house, could you have an em- empty house that said, if no one lived in that house, mm. could you say, home, sweet home? No. No, you can't have an empty house with no people and say, home, sweet home. You would have to say... Um, yeah. So if I translated that to the equivalent words in another language and I, and I ended up saying house, sweet house, I would lose actually the meaning. I'd use equivalent words mm. But, mm. but not get the right meaning. Totally. So accurate if we want to use equivalent words or equivalent meaning. One says... I'm just trying to get stay as true and as accurate to the words and putting them in. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, Judith said, here's a Judith's translation. So Judith said, no, what you'd translate that as is family. Sweet. Sweet family.
1: Yeah. That gives you the meaning.
0: That would give you the meaning, but the words are different. Totally. I've used different words because... The words didn't translate well with an equivalent word. Totally. The equivalent word didn't have the equivalent. Well, you'd almost have to
1: say "his family house, sweet family house." You'd almost. see You always both just to yeah. sort of make it. Yeah. Okay. Get so, both sides. so Jay,
0: Jay's translation is going to go "sweet family house." So it's "family house, sweet family house."
1: But then you lose the ability to the reading and the. Yeah. At, at
0: home sweet home <laughs> is a nice rhythm. That's also family, sweet, on sweet family, meaning the same sweet, thing. Yeah. we haven't even gone into the word sweet. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Oh, it looks like I've said sweat there, doesn't it? Sweet. Um, home, sweet home, has got a rhythm to it. It's a nice. It's like a, a saying. Mm. It's got a da 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 So family, sweet family, works with that. But family house, sweet family house, loses just, just it. loses it. So it doesn't matter which way, which direction you go, you're losing something. Mm -hmm. All right? You're losing something. So can I just tell you that up front? As soon as you go from one to the other, there is a slight degradation. It doesn't matter how well you do, how well you try and do, you're always losing something. It's never exactly the same. Some things, the loss is minimal. Sometimes the loss is much greater when there's um, more at stake and there's well, what? When would there be more loss? Do you think? Okay. When? When? Mm. When would there be more loss? Um, okay. So we say we we understand we lose a little bit every time. When? When is the loss greater? When is it harder to move to the other and 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 lose something in the translation? Have you ever, have you ever heard that phrase? It It lost something in the translation. Mm. We always lose something in the translation. And it's just by degrees and how much you've got to lose something. So is when is the loss in translation greater? Um, when, when, does it, when does it get harder um, to do that translate? Um, so I, I'm just going to make a, a quick sort of note here. So to me, the loss is greater when... Um, um, when there's not, when the the meaning has more cultural um, significance. Oh, significance is probably a wrong word, I, I, but it's it's a, it's something that's very culturally understood, and our culture has moved on, and it's not understood. Mm. All right, so it, it, it's something where they understood it but if you put it into today's terms it's not really well understood um, and so what, what do you do there how do you um how do you to get around this um, the, the loss is greater when we don't we don't have good equivalent words Um Okay. Um, how many have heard the the Greek word for, for love? Okay. Does anyone know the Greek word for love? I do.
1: Yeah. Chesed.
0: No, I, that's a Hebrew word.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know the Greek. I know the Hebrew
0: word. Agape. Agape. Okay. Have you ever heard the word agape? Okay.
1: I might have probably even yeah. you, you probably
0: said it. Yeah, well, I know Chesed more. Yeah, chesed. that's well, the one probably most people don't know Chesed, but that's many the people one I've heard you many talking. would people know what the Greek word agape, which is sort of you know they they talk about is that that love, um, well because. You know, the word "love" has different levels to it. When we use the English word "love," it um, it just means so many things in in different in different contexts. I say, okay, fill in this gap. I love dot dot dot. Um, What are some of the things that we could say we love? Okay, guys, online. um, I'll keep filling this in for a little bit. I love. What do we love? I love, I could say, I love Christine. Your wife. That's my wife. Okay. I love Christine. Mm -hmm. Um, So what else could I say I love? You could say you love this church. I love Breakthrough. Yep. So the, the, the church. Yep. I love ice cream. <laughs> I love football. Oh,
1: that was the first one Judith put down.
0: Ice uh, cream. Ice cream. I'm that was, that I Graham. That was Graham there. I love ice cream. So there we, we we're prophetic. We we're already yeah. writing what Judith has said. I love ice cream. I love football.
1: Mm.
0: Um, can you see that the word love in, e- in each of those is different? Mm, the meaning of it. The changes. meaning of it changes. Um, and if you just had, if you had another culture that the word love only would, you only had the word love would only apply to like a marriage relationship. To put the word "I love ice cream" would just confuse them no end. Totally. Because <laughs> I, when I say I love ice cream, everybody knows I do not love ice cream to the same extent that I love Christine. Mm. I was going to say everybody knows Graham does not like uh, love ice cream. To the same extent that he loves Judith, <laughs> but you know maybe maybe, maybe that's maybe more maybe debatable. You know, I was going to say you
1: can't say that with a lot of people in football.
0: Yeah, that that that's not bringing Judith down. That's just you know elevating. Elevating, cream. Um, Chris says, "I love my wife, Liz." So mm. there, you, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we 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 both on the same page. We lo- we both love our wives. Yes, totally. And and, um, and yeah, but you you I love I love and. You, Okay, so you, I'm just wanting you to get understanding how difficult it is that words are not words. Um, does it make sense? Mm. Words are meaning. Me, 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 words are meaning um, carriers. Mm. Okay, let, let's just say words, mm. they are like meaning that. meaning packets. Do you know what I mean? They carry, they carry the meaning of something, the understanding of something, the concept of something. And if I, when I say something to you, if you don't know what I mean, the word's useless. Mm. The word, the word itself is useless. It's a code. It's a mm. container for a meaning. Totally. So I need you to understand that. So do you want know I me? Mean? Yeah, push it over this way a bit. So this is what we're doing. It's no good necessarily taking the Greek word without trying to get the Greek meaning packet. So, you've got to get the meaning packet and then bring it into the English word, which might be different words. Mm. You say, well, of course they're different words. No, but they might be actually different words. Um, let me give you an example from French. Sometimes th- these things, just, unless you go for the meaning packet, if you go too literally, it'll actually become um, less understandable. Um. <clears throat> um. Uh, I just want to try and Okay. I'll give I'm going to give you some French now. We've gone from English and Greek to French. Mm. Petite, anyone can guess what petite means? Small. Sure. Yeah, very good, you've already learned some French. dejuna and I'm guessing my pronunciation is, all right, if I was translating literally from French mm. into English, I would say little. dejuna means lunch. Yeah. Little lunch. Yeah. Okay, what does that little lunch mean? When a French person says little lunch, what are they eating? A small lunch. Mm. Small meal at the middle of the day. Yeah. But no. The French would understand that means breakfast. Little lunch is the phrase they use for their first meal. For their first meal. Early. It's earlier mm. than lunch. It's not it's not a small meal in the middle of the day. Mm. It's the small meal you have at the start of the day. So it became because de you know used to mean breakfast in French. Mm. But then the aristocrats and the people that controlled language sort of, they slept in longer and longer. So breakfast became lunch. lunch. And then, and then have- so then they needed a phrase for if you actually had true breakfast.
1: Mm.
0: And so that would become little breakfast, little lunch, which actually means breakfast. But if I said to someone, let's have a little lunch together. Totally. You would turn up at midday. Yeah. Because that's when we have a little lunch. But that's a totally, that's a terrible translation. Mm. of little lunch even though little lunch is accurate Mm. it's the most accurate translation totally because culturally you don't understand to shift that and not to think little lunch Mm. when I hear little lunch I think breakfast even though the words are little lunch and so there's times when we say things and we don't intend you to think that Mm. we tend to think what I mean by the the packet of that Mm. okay let me give you another example from French so you just understand um, a pom. De, oh, terra. Okay. Mm-hmm. It literally means, um, if I'm going back, uh, Terra Earth, Terra Firma, Earth. So, uh, apple, apple of earth. Yeah. yeah fruit of earth, but um, more literally, apple of earth. Yeah. Apple of earth. Do you know what an apple of earth is? What? A potato. Ah. Huh. So there is it's got nothing to do with the word potato, mm. but they called the potato the, the apple of the earth. Mm. So if I translate it, there is exactly equivalent apple earth of earth. 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 We do have the English equivalence, mm. but not the meaning. What I've translated is the, the what I've got to be careful of is I translate the words and I jump the meaning packet. And I go straight to English. Mm. Is that a good translation or a bad translation if you jump the meaning packet?
1: Well, that depends on the actual individual one because there could be times where it's the opposite, where they say he talks about having actually a small lunch, but you translate that as breakfast as well. So it could go both Both ways. It can go both ways a bit. It's a.
0: All right. So what you're saying is it's vital if I'm going to do it properly. I understand the meaning packet. Mm. If I don't understand the meaning packet, Mm. how many know that this could go horribly wrong? Yeah. Alright, if I take it, Greek, take it the meaning packet Mm. and then translate. If I get the meaning packet wrong, my translation could go down the toilet. I could actually mislead you. Mm. I could give you a misunderstanding. Yeah. Remember I said a little bit... So. When you, when a translator comes to translate, Mm. some translators say, oh, you know, we want, You know, some people say, I want the best translation. I want a word for word translation. Mm. I want, I want, I don't want any, I I, I want to go straight from the Greek into English. I don't want any messing around. I don't want anyone messing with my translation.
1: I don't want anyone giving me their
0: their opinions,
1: rewriting it or anything. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't want, I don't want none of that. I want it from straight from the Greek into the English. No, I don't want to go through your head. I want to just go straight from English. Mm. I don't care what you think it says, I want it straight. Mm. So people who say that think that if you can just go straight from one language to the other, you're going to get the most accurate. How many know that that would mean you are talking about apples of the earth and little lunches, and you would actually be confusing and not it would actually have the opposite effect. Mm. Word for word would actually mean that you get mistakes, you get errors, you get misleading um, comments because that. Mm. Um, so don't don't want a word for word, and very few translations now actually try and do that or seek to do that. And if someone actually comes to you and says, "This, I'm doing a new translation. It's going to be word for word because I'm not going to have any of that rubbish." You know, yep. when people's ideas, well, that probably tells you that they don't really understand how the translation process works and it probably means that their translation is going to be terrible. <laughs> it means yeah. that they're going to so butcher this thing because they, if that's their approach, they don't understand what's, been, mm. what's going on. And so and that I was, That one ones French
1: to English, which are two languages that are fairly
0: oh, similar. They're both... They're both modern. Both modern. They both come
1: from similar...
0: We have lunch. We have potatoes imagine if it's another another uh, vegetable that we don't even have anymore.
1: Mm, totally.
0: All right. So, the meaning packet, oh, sorry. The meaning packet is so vital. If we don't go through the meaning packet, we end up with a terrible translation. Mm. But what is the dangers of going through a meaning packet?
1: Well, as I said before, if you try and figure out the meaning, you can accidentally get, like, say, you read terre" uh, and yeah. think, oh, they must mean potato, but they actually just meant there was an apple, apple. that was on the, <laughs> there was an apple on the ground, and, or something like that, you know, and they meant there was an apple on earth, and you've yeah. actually gone the other way. Would that be one of the,
0: Yeah, let's say, so yeah, let's say take apple of earth. Um, let's say I was making a play on words, and I was comparing it. You don't want to take the apple that Adam and Eve took... Now, I know it's not an apple, but people often say it's yep. an apple. Um, and it turned into an apple of the earth. Mm. I, you know, imagine eating a raw potato yeah. would be awful. So even though it was good, then when I ate it, it was bad. It was not mm. not nice and not pleasant. Yep. All right. So I'm using a play on words using the fact that a potato is called an apple of the earth. Mm. and it, But I'm referring to a potato. Mm. But if you... If I translate it as potato, you lose the sense of why I'm making that comparison, totally. Mm. Because in English, they've got no connection. Mm. But in French, they would have a connection because the potato has the word apple in it. Mm. So if I'm trying to make a a clever comparison between the two, if you just translate it as potato... It might be accurate, but it loses all the all the what I'm trying the comparison I'm trying to make mm. and, and the connection I'm trying to make. Um, and so yeah, so you know, but and or I could guess and guess wrong if it's a fruit or an animal. You know, there's animals in the Bible that we don't know what they are. Mm. And so you look, you know, and um, you know, and sometimes in the Old Testament, in Old Testament particularly, you know, it talks about animals. You know, in, in when they're doing Psalms and songs, and it says, you know, is is he's, he's like the rock badger who da 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 da. A rock badger. They're not sure if it's a rock badger.
1: Because
0: mm. they don't really know what animal that was in mm. those times. And they're, and they're using all their best guesses and, and going far and wide into the, the languages to try and they're saying mm. this is... And so that's why... Um, uh, can um Or can someone just tell me whether um, the word unicorn is in the Bible? Just have a look. Look up, look up, see if the word unicorn is in the Bible. Let's look this up. Um, is it... Is it a mythical creature called a unicorn? Um, um,
1: is the word unicorn
0: in... I'm going to guess it'll be in the King James, if it's somewhere.
1: In the King James Bible? Oh. Yeah.
0: All right. What, what, what translation is it? Uh, eight Double times unicorns
1: are mentioned in the Bible.
0: Okay. Let's we'll
1: have a look here. Numbers 23.
0: 20, okay. 22. Okay. okay, Numbers. Numbers 23, verse 22. Okay.
1: Well, oh, one up what are you on?
0: You're a new American Steve. Yeah, okay, so I'm a new American. God brings them out of Egypt. He is for them like the horns of the wild ox. But if I switch across to the King James Version, he is were the strength of a unicorn mm. <laughs> why was that because they didn't know what animal they were referring to mm. and they said it was a unicorn um so you think what what in the world is this animal a unicorn um it's also in 24 8. um yeah so that so let, let's, let's actually look at what the hebrew word um the greek well the hebrew word hebrew. for this um a unicorn it's this word here, it's a masculine noun indicating a wild ox. It refers to a large animal with horns that are powerful, offensive, as well as defensive weapons. So it's a p- powerful animal that has big, strong horns. And the new, the King James people said unicorn, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a unicorn. Because you know, when you say unicorn now, I'm thinking of a horse with a single horn at the top. Yeah. And it wasn't that animal. But they weren't sure at that time when they translated the King James... Mm what that animal was because they there's an there's a Hebrew word but the, it's for an animal but they're not sure what the animal is mm. since that time they've done more study and they've understood okay chris says buffalo yeah so so in in, in, in is that in the spanish is it, it's a buffalo wild ox buffalo i can see how yeah. the same sort of translation so but there you go they put they put mm. you know they went they went the packet and they ended up with unicorn and um, not the right animal.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. But what do you do with that? We don't have, you know, and and so that that's a, an example of something where you don't know. Um, mm. let me give you an example of this, okay? Where where they struggle with. And you can work it. I want you now to make a choice with me and write your own translation. Wild bull rhinoceros. Mm. And uh, so you see Graham and Judith, we will see you for the rest, and you can do your Bible yes. translations tonight. So I, let, me, let me give you a... a, a trans, I want you to go to a verse with me and work out the translation. You, you are now becoming a translator with me. So do you want, do you want me to read it or... Yeah, well, I want you to... Um, Alright, let's... Um, just got to find it in my notes here. Mm. It's the word for tear, T-A-R-E. T-A-R-E. Um, where J- Jesus said they went and sowed, um, they sowed tares among, okay, here it is. Matthew 13, 25. I just want you to get a feeling for what they go through. Um... So let's start with the King James, because a lot of people, funnily enough, mm. quote things from the King James, mm-hmm. um, even though they don't read it, because a lot, of, a lot of people who grew up did the Bible translations actually used the, the King James, so there was a lot of carry through. Mm. While the men slept, his enemy, so Jesus is telling a parable, while his men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. All right, Jay, do you know what wheat is? Yes. All right, wheat, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a. A grain. A, so. a grain, yeah. So it's a stalk, looks like a long gra- you know, mm. tall grass, dry grass, and it's got you know, grain on the top. It's you know, it's a do you know what a tear is? No. No. <laughs> All right. Mm. So okay. Um, but that followed through. Um, and where where's my new American Bible? Here's the one I use. He said, him came and so tears also among the wheat. Now, is that a good translation or not? In the sense that it's using an English word, there is an English word called tear, T-A-R-E, T-A-R-E mm. but um, I don't know what it is. No. So it hasn't helped me. It, it's, re- <laughs> and I'm guessing a large percentage of people now don't even know what a tear is. Mm. So is that a good translation? You've tried to do an, a, a, an equivalent, and you've come to a word that I don't even really understand what it is. So there's a problem there. Mm. Um, if my if my English is low, and and in the you know, and unless I, unless I've got a very high level of um, English vocabulary that I understand, I don't know what even this means. Mm. All right. So if I if you said um, you know what is the definition of a tear, um, so if I, I can probably do that here. Um, let's define it. So this is this is just an English de- definition. Mm-hmm. This is not a Bible definition. Um, an injurious in in biblical use, so it's not even in common use. Mm. An injurious weed resembling corn when young, so it looks like corn, and this is among the wheat. So it doesn't. It's a it's a weed that is injurious. Um, so a more modern translation, Holman Bible, which is probably the equivalent of the New American, yeah. but now a modern one. Yeah. They've changed it. While people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat Mm. and left. All right, so is that a better translation? Mm. Because it's now given me at least a word that I know Mm. compared with a word that I don't know. Tear is not a word I know. Weeds, I understand. Weeds are undesirable. Mm. But, um... They can kill
1: things around it. They can overpower and stuff.
0: Yeah, they can sort of strangle it and things like that. but look at, look at, um, an even, um, okay. The living Bible. Sowed thistles among the wheat. So do you know what a thistle is? It's a really nasty weed, weed you know, yeah. a weed. It's got a really, I know, I know a, it's a weed. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's got thorns on the top. Mm. It's not very pleasant. So it's sort of saying an unpleasant weed. It's mm. sort of and done there. Um, but it's interesting when they, the new living is always like a they, some areas of, Correction there, and planted weeds among the wheat. Now I want you. To, we're going to come up to the top. The New English Translation, which I think is a great translation, um, it says, "While everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed darnel among the wheat." Darnel. I'd never heard the word darnel. So again, so like tears, I don't know it. But what is darnel? Okay, so let's just look at the English definition of darnel. Um, a Eurasian rye grass. It's <laughs> great. It's, now it's an actual type of grass. And it's like, what does all this mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and one of the things about the New English translation, I'll come down here, I've got another version mm-hmm. of it. They do something really helpful. This is why I like it a lot. New English? Yeah, the New English translation. Uh, well, I don't have it on my... The New English Translation has a whole lot of notes that come with it, mm. so that if you um, buy, get the if you get a version online, you can actually see their notes. Mm. They actually put notes to help you with translation. Mm. All right. So if I go into my commentary here, I can look at the um, I can, you can get and you get this fairly easily. You get the notes mm. for that translation. Awesome. So it's like a, just not not a commentary on what God's meaning, but just on the translation choices they had to yeah, make. awesome. They said sowed poisonous weeds. The King James tears the Greek term. This is nineon is generally understood to refer to darnel, mm. an especially undesirable weed that bears an uncanny resemblance to wheat mm. until the ears of grain appear. So close is the resemblance to genuine wheat uh, that darnel is sometimes called false wheat. Darnel is considered poisonous. Ingesting the weed causes feeling of drunkenness and can prove fatal. Under Roman law, the sowing of such poisonous plants in someone else's field was specifically prohibited. Mm. So, it's not just any other plant. It wasn't just a weed, it wasn't just annoying. It wasn't even a thistle. No. It was not, yeah, like an annoying, it was a alternate that looked the same. And if you accidentally took hold of it and used it for your food and ate it, it could be proved
1: mm. fatal. That would be the equivalent of saying like someone went, like, okay, I'm just giving you a dumb yeah. example. Yeah. I'll pull it just so you can hear me. Yeah. Would that be the equivalent of saying someone as a prank emptied a whipped cream can and filled it with shaving cream? Yes. But someone else translates it to they emptied it and filled it with bathroom, bathroom product or soap. Yeah. It's like, oh, one is just saying... if you said they filled a whipped cream can with shaving with cream. bathroom product, yeah, it would be oh, it was just a prank, it was weird. That could mean anything. But for us, if you said shaving cream, we know that shaving cream resembles whipped cream, they and you, would, could, you could put it on, you could and put you could it, it on, something it. and you could eat it without realizing that it, Yes. At, yeah, at sight. But if you translate it in, in somewhere it, that doesn't have a word for shaving, well, imagine go to another
0: culture that doesn't have shaving cream, totally. How do you translate that and explain that? Yeah, so that would be an exact, really good. I translate into, a, you know, I'm saying they they put they took whipped cream out and they put shaving cream in its place. Then I go to a country that doesn't do have shaving cream. Mm. And so to, to use another form of cream might not work because it, it, shaving cream looks the same, but I also know that shaving cream would be dangerous to eat. Mm. So it's not like just tricking me, it's actually potentially harmful to me if I don't realize the difference. Some might
1: just go down its bathroom product, some might go down something that looks the same but isn't actually poisonous, you don't don't know, you'd have to make a decision if they didn't have that exact example.
0: So what we've got here is, um, you've got a difficult choice to make there to go from the the, the word here, which, you know, I I can't remember what the Greek word is, but, and they've, they've tried to come over here and they've, you know, put the word tear, weed, and then they put the word darnel. Mm. The darnel is actually the most accurate, mm. but it's useless because I don't know what darnel is. Mm. So, um, so it, that doesn't help me at all. Now,
1: you say, And it's oh. not
0: just about it being accurate. It's the, not just accurate in terms of word for
1: Word, it's accurate in terms of the meaning packet. Meaning it packet, yeah. brings the greatest meaning, but only if you have to know what the word is. Yeah,
0: so it's, so... Yeah. The key here is this meaning packet. The better you understand what the Greek is trying to say and what is trying to be communicated. Mm. Okay, can I, can I just say that, that I've used those two words, trying to say, say, and communicated. Can they be two things? Yeah. It's, it's, you say something, that's yeah. just the words, but what I'm trying to communicate, mm. so the, the meaning packet... The meaning packet... I've created a new term here. The meaning packet is what was trying to be communicated. And so you've got to try and bring that over. Mm. What's the danger of translating a meaning packet? The ones where you said before, the word for word is... Well, if you say, I'm not going to do word for word, I'm going to do meaning packet. And as a translator... Your job is to say, okay, I'm going to get the meaning packet, and then I'm going to put it into English words. Mm-hmm. What's the danger that you? The danger is to get the meaning packet wrong. Yeah, totally. Uh, if I don't, if I don't understand what the Bible's trying to communicate, mm. then I could have, if I, I could give you an English that doesn't actually match with what uh, mm. the translator, you know, the, the the author was trying to say. Mm. So, but most translators are not trying to get this wrong. They're doing everything they can to get it right, yep. and they're trying to revise it and have people come in and give understanding. And it, it's it, but So what I'm saying is that they're trying to bring meaning packets over to us, meaning packets over to us. Mm. So what you end up with is every translator has a choice of um, <laughs> how close... Uh, how, how, where are they going to? Where are they going to position their their translation? Mm. Um, a lot of it, it used to be say um, people would say it would be literal or free. You know, many years ago, that was that was how Bible translations would be understood. So you'd have literal, which is more word for word, word to word, and free would be more meaning to meaning. Yeah. Um, but in reality. Um, it's probably hardly any real literal word to word. Even a New American, which is fairly, would have been considered very literal. They're still doing packet to packet as they can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But what you have is probably over here less packet <laughs> and more word. Mm-hmm. And over this side is more packet. And less words. Do you know what I mean yeah. you just you're just really swinging through. Then you even have something like the Message Bible, which says, "Okay, so uh, let me just get let, let me let me give an example because many people use the Message Bible and they you know this is uh, how does this work? So the so what I have is the meaning over here, and there's words, and then I have the impact. How that would Impact the person that was being spoken. Mm. I want to come over here. I want to get the meaning packet. And then I want to bring that into equivalent English words that describe how... Mm. The meaning. But, what happens if, like the word tears, mm. even if I use the best word, so darnel is the very best. Darnel. E-L or I I don't know, Darnell. So Darnell is the best, but the impact has been lost Mm. because you don't know what Darnell is. You don't know all the nuances about it. Mm -hmm. So you've lost the impact of what Jesus Mm. is trying to say, even though you've done a good translation. Mm. So the Message Bible says, my job is not to get the meaning packet alone, but to get the impact of that meaning packet, and I will put it into English words... That give you the punch of what Jesus is saying. Yeah, the essence of what he is saying. I'm not even going to try and pretend that I'm just doing. I'm trying to make you feel as if Jesus had stepped into your world. Mm. So over here, I still I, I know that there's a you know this is um, two thousand years ago, you know let's it's um, you know this is 33 AD, mm-hmm. and um, and then. We are over here in the year 2000. Mm. We're trying to bring, but we still say true to what was happening over there. Yeah. Sometimes what the Message Bible does is it ignores the 33 AD and just purely focuses on, focuses on today. So it will just totally ignore that. Okay, I, I don't know this, but we can... Um,
1: what does the Message Bible say, we'll say for that
0: one? For tears, yeah, let's... let's, let's Let's see what he what, what did the message Bible do with it? That night, while his hired men were asleep, his enemy sowed thistles all through the wheat. Thistles, an ugly, painful, yeah, terrible thorn mm. but it's weed, the... weed. It's missed the fact that thistles could be mistaken for, weed. for wheat uh, for wheat and missed and, and that if ingested, it could be dangerous. It's a mm. poisonous alternative. Mm. But he's probably felt the only way I can get the feeling is to put an ugly weed there that you would understand. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's not the most accurate, but it's probably the most... If you read that, you'd probably get the feeling better than any other translation that you read. Mm. But it wouldn't be totally accurate. No. It wouldn't give you all the meaning because none of them give that to you. But it probably does a better job than the others because the others... Unless I go and study what Darnell is, I don't. I, I don't get any of As it. As I said, Darnell's the best one, if I'm willing to actually go through a quick and check it. Yeah. But if I didn't
1: go through and check it, thistles or weeds are the best.
0: Okay. Let, let's use another example where the the Message Bible will bypass the. It goes straight to how it's felt. Um, uh, Matthew twenty three twenty seven. Mm-hmm. How would you translate this? You know, and uh, you know. Um, Somebody's answering New New English Translation. Why do you experts in the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Mm. A whitewashed tomb. Look at the um, the the message, and now pretty much every other translation does this. Um, um, Even you know, let's look Living um, New Living, which is. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside but full on the inside. Look at the message: you're hopeless. You, religion scholars and Pharisees, frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. Mm. Okay, here's so uh, most people don't know what a tomb is. Yeah, you know, people today just don't. We, we don't what know a what
1: a whitewashed tomb.
0: Yeah, what? What's, we don't we don't know what a whitewashed tomb is? I know it's painted white. Um, you might not have known that. No. Yeah, whitewash was a you know a, a quick paint that i would put over things to to spruce it up, mm. and look, look all fresh. So whitewash it, and that's why um, it came to mean whitewashing came to mean trying to cover something up and make it look better like than a, it is. Better than mm. it is. Trying to get rid of the the, the old stuff, and the, the the lies and whatever. Mm. Just whitewash it. Okay. You're like a manicured grave plot, grass clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. Mm. Do you understand that? Yes. Do you get the sense of it? Yes. Do you get the impact of it? Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's, um, it's, you, the Message Bible has succeeded in what it wanted to do. It wanted to give you the impact. Did you feel the impact Mm. of that by Mm. his words? In order to do that, he had to even break some of the rules of meaningful mm. packet, meaning packet in English. Because whitewashed tombs is understood and a good English equivalent of what the Greek was. Mm. But didn't have the cultural impact. It didn't have the cultural impact. The cultural impact. Mm. So he stepped one step further and said, I'm going to give you the punchiness in a modern setting Mm. so that um, you you would would get that. We might have the word for it, but we don't have the
1: relation to it anymore.
0: No. So what's the danger in the Message Bible?
1: If he gets it wrong.
0: If he gets it wrong, he gets it further and further away (laughs) from Mm. what was here. Totally. And if and if he has a bias or if he has a uh, a blockage in what he understands in the, in terms mm. of the things of God, and that will come through, mm. you end up with his biases, mm. be- uh, because you don't have you don't you can't connect with the original, because mm. he's taken you so far over, you just get his biases. If not, mm. but if he gets it right, what's the benefit? That
1: has by far and away the greatest impact and. When I read Whitewashed Tomb, I just saw it as like, oh, like, I, I knew it, the words, but it didn't, didn't it, give any sort of like... It
0: didn't, didn't, didn't give you any impact.
1: No, but when I read that other one, I was like, oh, that gave me by far and away the greatest understanding of that verse.
0: Yeah. So, is the Message Bible a good translation or a bad translation? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good answer, Cat John. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it's good. Yes, it's bad. It's um, it's bad because it pushes way beyond what a translation should do. Mm. But yes, it's good because it achieves what it sets out to achieve, which is to give you the impact. It's a translation of the punchiness and mm. the the heart of what the gospel is, and what Jesus totally. said, and what Paul said, and what the Bible mm. said. So it's these, and um, many times it just stay. It doesn't have to go that far. It uses translations and stuff that were are still within. Mm. The cultural, you know, understanding gives us. But if there's going to be a choice to be made between keeping it connected to the culture of the time and making it relevant to today,
1: mm.
0: he's going to make the choice to push to today mm. and give you the punch. The best part about that is um, easy to read. Well, when these phrases were spoken to the original disciples, the punch was there. Mm. It was very, they, they got the same punch that we got from this mm. new one. Um, there might be some nuances we lose in, in doing that. You might make some choices that don't sort of match up or lose. Like we said, with tears, thistles, it lost some of the stuff. Yeah. Because it just couldn't, it just couldn't get enough over into it. Mm. Because we just don't have the modern, we don't have a modern equivalent. So you might lose stuff on the way. You might add a little bit on the way mm. if he adds a little bit like sometimes I read the message bar. I, I don't think that's what Paul was meaning. Mm. <laughs> but the, he's sort of added a little bit of his own. Yeah. So you might lose and you might add. But that's all right. Because we always lose something in a translation. Yeah. And what you know, and we always add a little bit in the sense we just can't help but bring our own sort mm. of views in. So if you go back to um, our here, where the message where does the message fit? Well the Message Bible would be sort of way over here and the Living Bible would be another one. A v- very And both of those, interesting, translated by one person each, okay. do you know what I mean? Um, so Message by Eugene Peterson, Living Bible, Bible by Kenneth Taylor, both of them, one person did the translation. Yep. M- Eugene Peterson. Least was an expert in Greek. I don't know if he was an expert in Hebrew, so I don't know how he did it. There's a message in the Old Testament. Um, Kenneth Taylor, who translated the Living Bible, um, didn't know the original languages. Mm. He only knew English. So he would actually study all the Bibles and commentaries and things like that and do his translation just like we would. Mm. And then he wrote it because he wrote effectively for his kids to be able to understand the Bible, put it in a a phrase. So, you know, it's a very one person and, you know, The benefit of that is the puncher he gets put through Mm. but then if he gets it a bit wrong it doesn't quite go so many years later they um they took the living bible and they said let's get a a group of people a committee of experts to look at the living bible and try and keep that free-flowing readability Mm. but let's do it as a group and let's see if we can get a little bit more accurate where the things are a little bit more Kenneth Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading a thing and where Kenneth Taylor said it was, you know, or uh, well, it was actually one of the other um, translators that was working in the committee, said, Kenneth Taylor was the most humble man. He t- took his translation and said, gave it to a group and said, let's make this better. Mm. All right, you know, this is my baby. This is yeah. my baby. Make it better. And he said he saw Kenneth Taylor get voted down one against the rest. They said, you know, should we go this way in this translation or should we go this way in this translation? He was the only one putting his hand up saying, I really believe in this. And everyone else said, no, that's, I think you're just, that's a bit of Kenneth in there. That's not, okay. And he would say, I go with the group. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's his baby. It's his choice. But he would yield in the sense and say, okay, I, I guess... I think I'm not seeing this like mm. everyone else did. So they said it was, it was an amazing process to work through this. So there's a, a Living Bible which was, went meaning for meaning and then they brought it back a little bit to just mm. try and make it a little bit more packet for packet type thing mm. without getting too free. So that's why for a new person reading the Bible, um, I would often say go and read the New Living Translation. Mm. I think it's got the heart of the trying to make it very meaningful. But it's been pulled back a little bit to bring in some a little bit more accurate, but it still tries to keep true to that very readability. Mm. Um, so, four. So if you say, what is the best translation? I would say the best translation for a new person who's not familiar with the Bible, not familiar with Bibleese, not familiar with churchianity. Do you know what I mean? All yep. the things get them to read the New Living Translation. Yeah, awesome. All right? Is it the best translation for everybody? Um, well, I find that to me, if I just read The New Living, I get frustrated because I understand more of where it's come from in, in the transla- yeah. and, and the packets and I'm like, oh, that doesn't quite get it right. Oh, that doesn't quite give me the... Under- it doesn't give me the tools that I can actually use here. But I use it along with other translations. Yeah. Translations are more in the middle. Or even a little bit to the left. Now, like I said, translations across the left aren't really that helpful if you can't understand them or if they don't mean anything. What's the point of it? Mm. So, even though I use the New American Standard nineteen seventy is that
1: pretty far to the
0: yeah? That's one of more one of the more word for wordish. It, it, it tries not to do too yeah. much packet to packet um, stuff, um, which is actually not that helpful, and it makes it quite sort of chunky and, and difficult to read mm. at times because they they um they stay they you know a translation really should be at least go through that meaning um you know where's our chart here um sometimes the new american just tends to do that just go more equivalent words yeah and they don't really take it through the meaningful packet the meaning packet totally um so that way it can um Mm. it, it can sort of um well, let me try and give you an example. So, you, totally. You feel...
1: I find that like the thing I find with the New American—that's the toughest—like the few times, the bits I do read of it is that there'll be times when, particularly like, in the Old Testament, like someone will be speaking to a group of people, speaking to someone, and using references to their day. Yeah. And that's that's when like, obviously when like. There's some things which are easier, I bet. There are times where it's a lot better, you know? Yeah. But, like, often when they're using references or a uh, parable and stuff like that, that's when it loses a lot of the impact in the New American compared to. Yeah, you, you said. Like an NLT, if it's like a parable, like, if it's like, um, say, like, when reading through bits of Isaiah and stuff, when you with what you've been doing in your recent teaching. Yeah. I find sometimes reading like the New American is tougher because like they'll speak about it in ways that just don't relate to today's society at all.
0: Yeah, it's 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 oh, it's just a balance and trying mm, to that's it. Um, if you dig into something like like you dig back and you get a bit more of the understanding what's over on this side, mm. it helps you maybe to understand that the depth or the nuances totally. or the the, the 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 double meanings or the the the, Darnell the yeah, one. Yeah. What what what's actually sort of mm. what's implied here? Um, um, okay, Luke three six. Let's just have a look at there as an example, and we'll finish with this. Okay, we'll make this. Everybody, at Luke three six. Mm. Um, we'll keep working on this. And you might say, Ah, oh, what I'm doing is I'm giving you tools so that when you take the Bible. Um, You can see where they've done a meaning packet. You can see where they've gone beyond a meaning packet. You've been able to go to a couple of different translations and sort of get a feel for this. It gives you help and you're not just... So you can read the Message Bible. I want you to read the Message Bible. I want you to be impacted by it. But I don't want you to be... Reliant. Um, reliant on the message Bible mm. because it could lead you on the wrong path and it can might not quite get the nuance of right I've been greatly impacted by the message Bible then I've gone back and done a little bit of research I saying, yeah I think I don't think that was the the punch that God is actually intending here mm. so thank you it, it, it opened my mind to, to explore it but I don't think that's what God the other thing is you know sometimes there's things there that it, it's just it, it's the plain meaning Understand. Just take what it means. Don't get too hung up on getting all the words right. You know, really, it is the impact. It is. It mm. is trying to get it right. Jesus so, went for impact in things he said too. Jesus, what
1: Jesus said would have been giving an impact to his culture. So that's not a bad thing.
0: No. So Luke three six is um, yeah. That's Jesus was trying to to change mm. your life. Um, all right. Um, King James, and let's start with the, you know, tried and true. Yeah. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. So I'm just going to come down here and grab the um, Greek word for f- all flesh. Um, sarx, S-A-R-X, um, it's the the flesh of a living creature in distinction from that of a dead one. <laughs> mm. it's, it's flesh. Well, that's a good word then. Okay, we know it's... The flesh of a person, mm. a person's flesh. Yeah, good. Um, but this translate this as um, one of the constituent parts of the body. You know, part of your flesh. Um, so, so Luke twenty four thirty nine. Um, Behold, my hands, my feet. That is I myself. Handle me and see, for for a spirit hath not flesh, and bones. Mm. Um, you can feel it. I'm flesh. Yeah. This is my flesh. Alright, so that, that's uh, the literal meaning and use of that word mm. flesh, fleshy parts, figuratively and hyperbolically um, mm. to consume, to destroy flesh. Um, now, metonymically, meaning flesh is used for the body, the corpus, the material nature as distinguished from the spiritual and intangible, the flesh the natural carnal world as opposed to the spiritual Mm. world. So now it's sort of for, you know, I walk, um, is more frequent than the New Testament classical writers. Um, okay, I don't want to go too much into it here. Um, What it means is flesh has a a broad range of meanings, you know, Mm. I, I don't walk, I walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Yeah. That's actually not talking about the physical thing. It talks about my carnal living, my nature, flesh. Means but, but at some points it means flesh. Mm. In in Luke, oh, let's set the king All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Mm. Now, you know what that means when I say all flesh. What does that mean? I'm gonna guess it means all people, but
1: maybe because I do have a bit of background of this stuff when it says all flesh it's referring to, as you said, the human's nature, not the spirit side. No. Like That would be my guess as to why they've said flesh in particular.
0: No, it's the opposite. It's just because... It said flesh. It said flesh, they put flesh. Yeah. And that's one of the, the literal <clears throat> meanings of the word flesh. Mm. And New American Bible... So that's why I said, okay, the New American mm. stayed with that. <laughs> All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Mm. That's a word for word that hasn't tried to go through a meaning packet. Yeah. Because here, it just obviously doesn't mean. I've tried to get a meaning out of it, which isn't actually there. Every other translation has it, and everyone will see the salvation of God. Mm. All flesh, everyone. All flesh Mm. means every person. Yeah. All humanity will see God's deliverance. That's a New English transformation as well. Mm. Um, Living Bible. All mankind shall see. New Living Translate All People. Will see the salvation sent mm. from God. Message Everyone will be there to see the parade of God's salvation. Good, good news about it. the whole human race will see God's salvation. Mm. And the tr- Young's literal, all flesh. Let's have a look what the Amplified says. What one's the Amplified? That's the. Amplified, okay. It, it's a, amplified takes an interesting um, spin. Rather than try and do a equivalent, they say if there's multiple choices, we'll put them all in,
1: mm.
0: okay? It don't, they don't do with man, hold, mankind. But they say all mankind discover shall see, behold, and understand, and at last acknowledge. Yeah. Okay. So there's only one word in the Greek, but they've given, they've, they've split. They go over the I'll give you four options here. Mm. <laughs> all mankind shall see, behold, understand, last, and at last acknowledge. So at last acknowledge is not the, the translation. They're trying to say, they're, they're trying to give um, but meaning is, packets in there as well as equivalent.
1: Interesting in that, if you go to like some of the other ones where it just says, shall see yeah. the salvation of God. It's like, oh, what does that? What does that mean? What does that actually mean? Does that mean like they're going to actually physically see, see it? it? Or get but a revelation When of they it. said understand and acknowledge, I'm like, oh, that tells me a bit more about yeah. what might be meant now, by this.
0: That's not in the word, mm. that's in a meaning packet, they say, this is what he meant. Yes. All right, if they get it wrong, mm. they get it wrong. But they say, we're going to hedge our bets and give you all of them. Yeah. So the, the Amplified tends to hedge bets. It just gives yeah. you the, okay, the salvation of God. Mm. That's where everyone else is The deliverance from eternal death decreed by God. <laughs> so salvation. They've said, well, well, this is what we believe he means. By salvation. Salvation and yeah. things like that. All right. So the Amplified gives everything and um, works there. So, but you can see here, here's an example where the, the New American Bible, my 1977 version has stuck with flesh, mm. which is a real word for word, mm. sort of equivalent translation. But this would have been very easy to fix. Because the understanding of what was meant isn't that difficult. And just about every other translation has moved away and given an equivalent. But you can see none of them used pretty much the same word. Yeah. So humanity, everyone. Yeah. So flesh is the best English equivalent, but it's not the best English translation.
1: Mm.
0: All right. Mm. So it's not, it's the best English word. But it's not the best English translation because mm. a translation really should go through the um, meaning packet. Meaning packet and, and then, and so humanity, everyone, um, mankind, all people, everyone, whole human race. So you can sort of say it's funny in the six or seven different translations, mm. and they're probably all better yeah. than the one that was the most accurate.
1: Mm.
0: Accurate. Totally. So the one that was most accurate became the least accurate. And King James also went. Yeah, so that's what King James all flesh and um, so what happened is, is King James all flesh so see the salvation of God, you know, translated 400 years plus ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's just a whole lot of archaic English mm. and stuff in it. And so the new King James came out, you know, 30 40 years ago now I think. Mm. And the idea was to take out some of the real archaic stuff but stay true to the King James in terms of most of the choices. Yeah. Um, and only very... Um, okay, I reckon New King James um, our um, wouldn't have put the unicorn in. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, it says, listen, that's just so wrong, we can fix that. Yeah. But they would stay true to just about all the other things. There's only some glaring and obvious things that uh, the English was just wrong. You see even like... um.
1: He hath, as it were, is now yeah. he has strength.
0: Yeah. So they took all the he hath, all the old, all the old English for Shakespearean yeah. type language, which we've just moved on from. It doesn't. It's not how we speak anymore. Mm. They took all that out. So it takes to hath and um, so a new American is still influenced by these um, mm. and um, okay, um, you know, for instance. I'm pretty sure the New American, when... Uh, where, where's, the, where's the Lord's Prayer? Matthew 6. Lord's Prayer. Okay. Um, next verse, 6. When you pray, go in your room and say, Your Father... Caesar, oh, no, that's the next one. When you pray... Uh, so pray this way. Our Father in heaven... May your name be honored. Okay. Um, what, what do you know? What do you notice about the New American? Pray then in this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy is old King James English. Mm. They decided, they said, you know what, when whenever there's a prayer in the Bible, we'll use King James English. Really? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they were so used to praying, people used to pray. When mm. they pray, they'd go back to King James type speech. Mm. I, I knew my, my Sunday school teacher. Whenever he's, he would talk normal, he was a he was a high school teacher, you know, in normal you know in his yep. normal occupation. When he do Sunday school, when he prayed, it was thy this and art thou and hath. He went. They used. He, yep. he was That was a that was a not uncommon for people <clears> to pray using King James. So, because mm. that was the language of the Bible, so they used mm. it in prayer. So the New American says, "I'm. Um, we still, we'll still keep it well, here." What um, did I um,
1: King James and New King James with there?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So even the New King James fixed it up. So
1: they went, "Hallowed be your, our Father in heaven, ha- hallowed be your yeah, name." Yeah. And but look, look what well, was um?
0: So King James, hallowed be thy after name. After this
1: matter, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art <laughs> in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. What's um like? Living Bible and message
0: and stuff. So down here, Living Bible, pray along these lines. Our Father in heaven, we honour your holy name. Uh, may your name be kept holy. Message. message went very different. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Like this, our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Mm. So yeah, that's, let's try to do a meaning packet there. Is that what God, what Jesus was meaning? It's got punch.
1: Totally. I uh, wonder what um the actual original Greek words were. That made him think that the "we honor your holy name" could be turned into reveal who you are.
0: It's probably because the word "name" in in, in a cultural concept was your character, who you were. Show me. I want you. Yeah. Let, let your name be. Let let me, your name. It was like, let me see who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's and it's. But let, let me, I want to honor it and and it's special. Your character nature is wonderful and I want to bring glory to that. It's um, interesting, that there has yeah. given
1: me a better understanding of the your holy name part. Yes. But it's lost the we honor side. So I wonder what, if you yeah. put more in, whether he could have kept
0: the better. Yeah, it's, it's not just reveal, but let me be. Le- reveal me. Enam-
1: let me honor, reveal who you are so I can honor. Like yeah. even if you just put something on the end about the honor, yeah. I wonder how. Whether that would have brought, yeah, and study.
0: and it's probably it's, it's, I don't think the concept of revealing here. It's but it's who you are is probably in that terms holy. of the name, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's lost the holiness, yeah, it's just mm. special. You know what I mean? Mm. So here he's done the punch. Has he got too far away? And I've lost something, but I've gained something. It's made You've me gained the
1: punch and gained a bit of. Under... It's helped me get a bit of. Yeah, who you are who, you are, who you are, instead of name by the name,
0: but but you've lost holy and honour yeah. in doing that process. Mm. All right, so that yeah, that, that's so that's why it's understand what he's trying to do, and then feel free to sort of wind it back a little bit. Mm. But he can actually sometimes get it more right than name because name is a packet that uh, you don't quite get, but it, it's who you are.
1: Interesting NLT Living Bible knowing that they like how they change from we honour your holy name to may your name be kept. May your name be kept, kept holy. holy. Yeah.
0: So they so maybe they're picking up an influence. Can I just say, I, New Living Translation is actually the people who worked on it. I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Okay. So um, so let's go back to New English Translation. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. Mm. That's sort of maybe that's so maybe that's a a more a, a, a reflection. Mm. So. What's the best Bible? There is no best Bible. There might be if you need to choose a Bible that you're going to lock into. If you're you're a new Christian, if you're studying the Word of God for the first time, Mm. get a New Living Translation. Um, If you're someone who's um, been around Christianity for a while, um, then get a New Living Translation. Get a Message Bible. (laughs) Get a Living Bible. Um, you can get them online now, you know, yeah. for free. So and they get like
1: a New English. Or... But yeah,
0: and if you want to get something that's that's more gonna um, in the middle or hold your New English translation, Holman Standard, um, Holman I H C S B. I can't remember what. The Holman C. Christian. Yeah, Holman Christian Standard Bible, I think it is. I think yeah. So that, that's um, I think the. So Holman Christian, that would be more
1: middle, where they've really gone.
0: Yeah. Packet so if we, if we were putting um, if we were putting that on our chart here, um, Holman is about there, and the NET is about there. The NIV and all the new ones. There's today's new international version and revised new. That they they sit a little bit in the middle. Um, some people say, oh, the middle is the best. Yeah. All right. I always say, do you like hot um, hot tea? Iced tea or warm tea? Mm. Oh, sometimes sitting in the middle is the worst because mm. <laughs> it, it does both bad. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it might do both good. It might do both bad. Um, so NIV sometimes I think it gets it, it's it's awful because it gets most wrong. But sometimes the NIV is good because it sits and gets half and half right. It, it's a better sort of mix. I you know I, I, I have respected people that, that think you know the NIV has done a very good job. Um, you know, but I, I tend to go NET or the Holman. Um, if you're a little bit older school, you can you got the NAS or the ESV. They sort of fit in there, maybe a little bit more more literal. Like I said, the New American tended to push over. Um, but hey, I've I've been studying for a long time, so I'm, I'm familiar with it, and I also understand its limitations, and I'm happy to work with that. Mm. But I wouldn't recommend a person to go out there and buy one now. Um, I would recommend Holman or new, Eng- new English Translation, something like that, and then a New Living things. So you can. And, and I feel
1: like it's one where it's like if, like, m- would I be correct in saying if you're gonna just want to read, read it and try yeah. and get a broad understanding, you haven't got, you just want to get not through yeah. the Bible, but you want to get. If you're great. not studying it, if you just, want, studying, to read you just want to read it and get a good background. The NLT is probably a really good one yeah. for that.
0: If I'm reading, if I'm reading large chunks, I'll often go back right across to the Message or the Living Bible, so, so, I, so I can you know all the New Living translation. Yeah, one of those. Three. And just read chunks. Yeah, if I'm reading the whole book of Luke without stopping to study it, I'll just read through the New Living because I'm getting the sense of it much easier. Totally. Um, if I mean, I'm gonna re- have
1: to read it th- every verse three or four times yeah. to get the understanding. But if you're wanting, if, to, if you're like, studying a concept, maybe read it in like the NLT, then go across and read it in like an NET. Hate. Yeah. CSB and then go even further and get like an NA, NASB King in yeah. New King James and actually find the word for word. Now that you know what it is, like yeah. get the impact, then get the yeah. meaning packet, go back and sort of put them all together a bit yourself.
0: Yeah, and um, you know some people say a phrase like this: "Ah, oh, I like to read in the Living Bible, then I like to use my New American to see what it really said." Yeah. All right. That implies that the word for word is the best accuracy, mm. but like I pr- we proved, sometimes it can be confusing or actually deceiving um like you know flesh. like uh, yeah flesh it actually doesn't mean flesh in that no. situation but but the, so it doesn't actually it is actually that's not more accurate it's less accurate but Darnell uh, was was more, more accurate, accurate in and you and I had meaning. to get I had to get that from the NET um, and so I thought it was NASB no it, the the New American had um tears tears yeah, okay okay followed the King James mm. so um yeah so when I'm reading Old Testament prophecy like you know Isaiah or even the Minor mm. Prophets, I really go I go to the Living Bible or Message. Yeah. Um, I find if I try reading that, I, di- I just don't get the gist of it. Best to read here, New Living even, it's okay for that. It gives you the gist of it and they mm. and so many cultural packets in, in prophecy and, um, and in poetry. Poetry is just full of little packets all the time and if you don't get the um, equivalent, mm. now you lose some of the sense because it's trying to, you know, Message will just give you lots of punch Um, but you lose the sense of what it's doing. But I would um, say if I'm reading the book of Job, I'd read in in one of these. Then I'd study it over here. If I'm reading, um, like I said, any of the... um, If you're going to read, I normally just start reading here and then move back this way. Because you you come from the place of an understanding what's trying to be said and then you can sort of... Mm. um, um, Yeah, well, sometimes if I just read the New American, unless I already know what's being said, like I said, I can read maybe Ephesians and get it because I've read it so many times. But if I'm reading the book of Zephaniah, um, I might not be familiar with it at the same. And and I I struggle to know what he's saying here because he's referring to all these sorts of things. Um, I just read in the New Living, ah, it's more in today's language and concepts and I can get hold of it and then I can go back and study it as I need to. All right, so that's um, giving you a feel for... um, what? Um, what's the best translation? You've heard my answer. Um, but I really want you to approach the, the Bible with understanding for what they're doing. It mm. really does help you then when you, you're moving uh, forward, being able to study it for yourself. You're not at the mercy of what they've done you cooperate. They don't. They they're very happy. The translators actually really appreciate you doing this. They want you to understand the choices they make. They want you to understand if you go to the front of pretty much any Bible, the first little the first few pages will normally be a little description of of their how they came to translate it and the choices they made. If it's not in the Bible, it'll certainly be online. Oh and they want you to know the choices they made. This is they want you to partner with them in understanding this. So this is not like. You know, oh, they, they tried to trick us, they're up front, totally. That very much up front, you know. The Eugene Peterson was very much up front. He said, I wanted it to sound like Jesus was preaching in my church today. Mm. I said, I wanted it as if I'm listening yeah. to a pr-. he said, I, This was my aim, this is my purpose. You can judge whether he did a good job or not, but he was up front with it, and there's no problems with it. I, yes. I, I applaud him for that because it's. Help me. There's another Bible, I think it's called the Cotton Patch Bible, where they just said, well, let's do this all out. I'm not sure I totally agree with this, but they had Jesus born in America and his gospel instead of like Colossians, it would be like the gospel of Washington and and they just just modernized everything. Mm. I'm not so sure that's what you want because it sort of makes it sound as if it's just a parable that Jesus is not a true story Mm. and you can just make it up for anything. um, but there's the, there's the extreme where he totally removed everything and just made it as if it was all totally modern. Eugene Peterson is nothing like that. Jesus lived in Jerusalem, towns and yeah. everything. But he just tried to take the modern equivalence to the impact. All right. So um, next week, we're going to build from this. We're going to build on top. But I I want you to be um, reading your Bible with an open understanding and eyes to what this has done. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jay. You've been a great help today. Bless you so much, and we'll see you next week.